Hello, and welcome to the Bread and Salt podcast. I'm Thomas DeMello, and today we will be speaking with Alita Cervantes. Before we get to the conversation, I want to remind everybody about our upcoming exhibition with Carlos Castro. The show is February 27th, and it's called Remorses and Other Maladies. The opening is from 5 to 8 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Please bring a mask. The Mujeres Brew House is open, and... They have outdoor seating as well. Um, don't forget to see the work created by our current artist in residence, Angie Jennings. Also, don't forget to share about our Spanish-speaking podcast, Panny Saul, hosted by Griselda Rosas. Here is the conversation with Alita Cervantes. I've known about your work for quite a long time now. You know, I worked at the Contemporary Museum and I would stare at your stuff in the vaults along with everybody else's that's in the collection. Huh. And I would see your stuff in there and, you know, I recognize the name even, you know, well before I met you. But um, it's been interesting watching your your styles change. But, you know, I just I'm hoping you can kind of start at the beginning. Yeah, I was born in San Diego, um, as a lot of people annoying, annoyingly to a lot of Americans <laughs> like across the border to be born here. Um, I mean, my mom lived in, in Tijuana. My parents lived in Tijuana. But okay. They had medical. My mom also is an American citizen because she lived in Mexicali when she was little. So you have siblings. I have one brother. So um, my mom is from Mexicali. My dad is from Mexico City, and they got married, moved to Mexico City, had my brother, and then after two years, moved to TJ, had me. So I grew up in Tijuana, um, and then I moved to San Diego. Actually. When I, was, when I was eight years old, my parents got a divorce and my mom moved my brother and I to San Diego for about two years. And that's actually the time when I decided that I wanted to be a painter. And then after two years, my parents decided to get remarried to each other. So we moved back to Tijuana. Did you just say at eight years old, you decided to be a painter? I did say that. I did. <laughs> I love that. And I seriously, on my drive here this morning, like, you know, I kind of commute to work, but I, it's a good time to think in the car. But I was just thinking about early childhood memories as a, you know, as a kid, I always end up asking those questions because for me, as a young person, I've, I didn't know what else, I felt like it was the only thing that I was interested in was art, uh -huh. even uh -huh. at an early age. So it's cool to hear you say that, actually. I always feel like a weirdo when I, when I think about as a kid, you know, like, just being obsessed with cartoons or whatever, you know? I mean, I was definitely obsessed with the Smurfs and other cartoons, yeah. but um, actually like when my parents got this divorce, when they were, I guess they were actually going through it because they sent, they sent me and my brother and a cousin of mine to Washington DC with, an, uh, with my grandmother's sister that lived over there. They just like, sent us over there. And I remember I went to a museum I don't know, I don't remember what museum it was. I mean, I was eight years old. But I remember I saw a painting of, of Renoir. And yeah. the painting is of a little girl and she's holding a, a, you know, one of those things that you use to water plants with. I don't know what they're called. Um, watering huh? Watering can. Yeah, watering can. She's holding a watering can. She's watering some flowers. And I remember I saw that painting. And so I, I bought the poster of that painting from my dad. And I thought, I just, I wanna be a painter. I mean, later in my teenage years, I, you know, I considered other things. Like I considered, oh, do I wanna be a chef? Do I wanna be a, go to Africa and save all the endangered species? Blah, blah, blah. But I mean, painting was always there. And in the end, I, I was a painter. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, like, uh, I don't know kind of take it for granted when you're a young person and you just like know what you're going to do, you know, because I hear I have so many friends that struggled with it growing up and they still are, they can't identify. And I've always, yeah, I know that feeling of just being like, I'm an artist. It's what I do. It's who I am, all those things. Yeah. What did your parents do? Were they artists or were they creative types? No, not at all. Um, my father was a lawyer. He's a corporate lawyer. And my mother, my mother was just, um, you know, she was a how do you, what's the word housemaker? What's the proper word? Mm -hmm. um, she just took care of my kids and me and 
you know, um, and my mom's brothers and father are all lawyers. So, and my Whoa. brother's a lawyer. So it's a bunch of lawyers. Um, Is there pressure for you to go that way or your brother? What? Was there pressure for you or your brother to head that direction and be oh, a lawyer? To my, for my brother, yes. For me, no. For me, no. Um, you know, because as a woman, I mean, I got a lot of negative uh, upbringing because I was a woman. But I guess one of the positive things was that I guess people assumed that I was going to get married and, married and a man was going to support me. So it wasn't that important. You know, if I was going to be an artist, it was like, oh, OK, well, I guess somebody will supporter but uh, my brother if he would have wanted to be an artist I think there would have been an issue with that so um no but I did have an aunt my mother's sister who was very much into like art and painting she wasn't professional she kind of did it here and there but and it's not like she was an influence on me but it was just you know coincidence that somebody in the somebody else in the family wasn't too yeah, I think even in the periphery if you have somebody that you you know or you know I remember yeah meeting kids in elementary school that like to draw and we would trade drawings and things like that and it totally like you know uh-huh. it's fun to meet another person of your yeah. kind I mean I do have to say that my parents are very much into culture you know they they like music they like dancing they like they like art, the opera, classical yeah. music. I mean, they they are very much into it. Yeah, and I think all that stuff weighs into having art in the home, even if your parents had a collection or if they brought you to museums, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty important. Um, so where did you grow up in San Diego? Um, or where- well, I mean, like, so I, I was in Tijuana until I was eight. And then when we were eight, my mom moved us to Tulia and I was going to school in San Diego at that time um, to a school in Point Loma and we were actually the only Mexicans at that school me my brother and my three cousins so that was interesting because you know we were called a bunch of stuff for being Mexican and asked a lot of weird questions for being Mexican (laughs) Um, I mean it was really like I was like wow you guys are 20 minutes from the border and they were asking me they would ask me if if I lived in a shack with you know 20 members of my family they would ask me if I came to school on a on a horse um I mean it's little kids right Uh, they would call us beaners and they would just whatever but you know it was all good we didn't take it we didn't really care and so we were there for two years And then when I was, I think, 10 or when I was 11, then we moved back to Tijuana. But I kept going to school in San Diego. So we would cross the border every day. Holy smokes. Yeah. And I mean, that was pre 9-11. So Mm -hmm. before 9-11, the border weights were not like terrible. Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, just knowing about you going to your studio nowadays every day, right? You're still crossing the border. I've been crossing the border my whole life <laughs> practically I mean the only time when I w- when I went to high school I went to high school in Tijuana that's the only time that I wasn't crossing the border because afterwards I went to to the university in San Diego so again I was crossing the border so yeah I've been back and forth my whole life so uh, you know in high school was there anything exciting uh, any art kind of stuff that started popping up that people that helped or teachers or artists you started to meet? Do you, I mean, now that you've kind of been part of the San Diego TJ art scene for so long, are there any people that you grew up with that are still making art or um, from that Actually, from that you know what, I was, I, was, I was into art, but it was very much like my own thing. I wasn't, I wasn't reaching out to other people, creative types or anything. I was, and I wasn't even painting yet. What, what I would do a lot of was I would draw, I would draw portraits. So in high school, I would draw portraits, like during class, I would draw portraits of like other students and then we'd put them on the wall and like figure out if they looked like the person or not. Um, But that's all I did. I wasn't really, um, I mean, I was growing up in a kind of like a really sheltered uh, uh, environment with, you know, other girls that were just really 
um, not interested in in any creative or 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 mm. interested in much of anything except just growing up, I guess, and me having a family. So when I after I graduated from high school, I went to Italy to and as an exchange student. And at that at the school where I was at, they were teaching painting. And when I started to paint there, that's when I realized that painting was something that could take me out of this like sheltered world um, that I was living yeah, I in that I found really repressive, oppressive. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided like officially like, okay, I'm gonna be an artist. I'm gonna be a painter. This, this is what I wanna do. I was looking at your CV and, and so you spent time in Florence. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Florence. That uh -huh. Yeah, I was there for like, um, in total, it was like four semesters that I wow. studied there. And that's where I learned to paint, like really, like, you know, how to mix a flesh color, how to draw mm -hmm. a human fit, like all the basics. That's where I learned. Yeah. And then you came, you came back after that and then you went to UCSD or you had, you had gone to UCSD prior. Um, no, no, no. Well, actually, so I went to USD for one year and then I went to Florence for three semesters mm -hmm. and then I came back. I went to Southwestern College for a semester and then I got into UCSD. And after I finished UCSD, I went back to Florence. Okay. I was, I'm, it's like all over the place. Yeah, and it's so funny, like, I, I don't know, talking about this rich history of San Diego, Southwestern College is so, so important. I loved it. I, I actually thought it was much better than UCSD or USD. I don't know if I should say that. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's such an important place for all of us. Some, so many of the people that, you know, we've loved, like Robert Matheny, who passed away last year, he started, you know, the gallery there, and um, he he hired John Baldessari there and um, uh -huh. Western has an amazing um, history and it's a great stepping stone. Hugo Crossweight, you know, we just talked to him. He, he went there a little bit. So many artists in San Diego. Uh -huh. And I think people a lot of times take these community colleges for granted. They don't, they don't see how important they are um, in the arts. Uh -huh. well, I don't know where I'm going with that, but so UCSD, um, who did you have as a professors for painting and things like that? I mean, I remember I had, um, I mean, I worked with Raul Guerrero and I, cool. I remember taking a class with Kim McConnell, yeah. but I was really, so, um, you know, I was like, you must have studied with Raul and, uh, yeah, yeah Kim. I mean, the thing is, you know, UCSD, um, wasn't really, you know, it's not really geared towards painters at all. Mm -hmm. And so we weren't really even doing any studio work in the classes and, and the, the lectures were really conceptual and I, I wasn't really like into any of that. I just wanted to paint. That's, I was really obsessed with just like getting down and painting. So my years at UCSD were really me just trying to pass. <laughs> I, was, I just wanted to pass the course and, and get out of there as fast as I could so I could get, go back to Florence and actually right. be in a studio with a bunch of other people, with a model, and like actually painting and you know smelling turpentine and just being in that. So, do you remember your first studios? Did you have a studio on campus, or did you have a, your own studio before that? Or uh, no, we didn't have studios in undergrad. But I, yeah, I remember all my studios in Tijuana. I remember all of them. I've I had studios at um, a place called Plaza del Zapato, which is a place where it's it's a, there's a bunch of bars. I had a studio there, and then I had a place. I had a studio on top of another uh, really famous place in Tijuana called El Nopal. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but there's a lot of art. It's a, it's a big art scene there. So I had a studio there. And then after that, I, I actually moved to New York oh. for four years. And then wow. I came back and I had another studio in one neighborhood and then another studio. And uh, yeah, just... I've been up and down a lot. Yeah, those things, you know, those moments of having those studios too, as a young person in, uh, in San Diego, it's hard because nothing's affordable, you know, all the studios I ever had were, you know, it was like pushing the limits of my budget. I, you know, 
I like couldn't afford anything. Yeah, no, in Tijuana, I mean, at that time, I mean, I was lucky in a way because I could paint portraits mm -hmm. and I, and I was, you know, I was part of a community of people that had money. And so a lot of people would ask me to paint their kids or paint them. So I was making money so I could pay a studio in, in Tijuana. What do you mean you're part of a community of people that had money? Well, in Tijuana, I grew up in a sort of middle upper class, um, uh -huh. what do you call it, society. Um, so, you know, people have money to spend and not all artists. I mean, I know a lot of young artists in Tijuana right now that don't have all these connections. So, so I mean, I mean, the thing is I could do portraits. I'm, I don't know if all these people would have been buying like my regular art because they're not so much into like art as much as they are into, I, I want you to paint my kids. I want to have like a portrait of my kid. Right, and that's the funny thing, like looking at your, I had to, you know, I had to go back and look at um, these paintings that I was familiar with in the vaults and, you know, in the, at the Contemporary Museum. Um, they're portraits, they're made series, is that what it is? And it's 1999. <clears throat> yeah, I actually painted that series uh, in New York City when I first got there. Um, I came back on a trip to Mexico and I took pictures of of all the housekeepers in my uh, family, my grandparents' family, my aunt's family, like all the housekeepers that I knew had been around for a long time. Um, although a couple of them hadn't been for like, I mean, some of them have been, been there for decades. And yeah, and just made portraits of them. And those, it's funny, you going, you talking about, um, you know, people hiring you to paint their kids portraits or whatever seeing those uh the housekeeper portraits there are these deadpan you know straightforward um representations of these people and they're like spot on you know it's funny it's always funny to me looking at your work now you have to know the rules to break them and i think a lot of artists forget that you know you obviously can render well and you can you know you know how to move paint and all those things and you 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 obviously learned how to render and um, draw and paint really well. Yeah, that's what I, I guess I learned that in Italy, you know, that's why I, if, when I was in Florence, I don't think I would have, um, you know, at UCSD in my undergrad, I, I didn't learn any of that. I had to go to Florence to learn all of that. Yeah, do, what do you, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the artists that you mentioned, like Raul and, um, Kim McConnell, like they're serious artists. So they probably, um, you know, probably showed you a little bit of that, what it means to be an artist and have dedication and be in the studio. But you know but, what the thing is? I don't think UCSD is set up. For example, when I was in Italy in the studios, you could leave all your stuff there. It, it uh -huh. was a big studio and all that studio was meant for was to paint. And uh -huh. it was a huge studio. And, and so, you know, UCSD, I don't think that it's set up so that students can leave their stuff set up in a place to come back and work on it. And so, and so it becomes more of a, I mean, I remember when I was there, I was bringing in paintings that I had done at home. So mm -hmm. I never actually even did any work in the school. You know, right. there was never a model, there was nothing, there was never, I didn't, I never did any work in the school. Like literally we would just come in and show work that we had done outside and talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, Kim McConnell's like, of course he's, you know, he's a painter, he's a major painter. Uh, I didn't take, I don't know if he was teaching studio courses, he was teaching, you know, conceptual stuff lectures. And yeah, I was, I was not into any of it. I was, you know, I was kind of, I was really just wanted to like grab a brush and paint. I was yeah. really obsessed with that. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it about anything else. <laughs> were you were you cruising around with other artists at the time or were you just like solitary? It sounds like you kind of like have had your own kind of mission. You know what? <laughs> I have actually been really um really you know my whole my whole up until maybe the last years that I've been in Tijuana and more connected with like other artists, I've never really been connected with other artists. I've mm -hmm. actually, 
I was more in like my own world of actually of, of, of dancing, which is the other thing that I really like. Um, and my world was more a community of dancers mm. than of artists. So in terms of the art, I was kind of doing my own, just, you know, painting, painting at home, painting in a studio, just going at it and going at it, but not really having conversations with other artists or, and I mean, I kind of regret it now. I think it would have been good for me to do that, but, but I guess I was just kind of into my own thing. Uh, thinking about artists and dancers, I mean, Rauschenberg was just obsessed, you know, just as obsessed with dance as he was with painting or, you know. Oh, really? Know. I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, what kind of dancing did he do? Uh, he did performances, too, that kind of just blended body movement stuff. But, uh -huh. yeah, it's kind of, I don't know what it would be called, but, um, yeah, look it up. So <laughs> maybe... Uh, yeah, visual arts lend them, themselves to dance. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I also uh, have my performance character who's a total- Right, I was hoping we could talk about that too. I mean, we could talk about it now or, you know, later on whenever you kind of, when did you start doing that kind of thing? It sounds like you had, you know, dance parallel with your art practice. Um, I mean, I did it. I started doing the performance thing maybe like 10 years ago with my, this character, El Puro. Um, and it just- I was in a relationship with a with a Cuban man at the time that lasted a long time and it was just something that I started I started doing videos on YouTube when you when YouTube first started of like me lip syncing and I really wanted to do timba which is a Cuban genre of music and it just so happens that like 99% of timba musicians are men uh -huh. So I just decided I had to, if I wanted to lip sync to Timba, I had to be a man. So I developed this character and my boyfriend at the time helped me do it. And so, and then I just incorporated dance moves. Uh, still out there on YouTube because we might have to share some. Of oh yeah, it's totally on there. So. Do you embrace that stuff? Are you still doing it? Or are you? No, you I haven't done it. I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, part of the reason is, because in order to do it, I, you know, I always have like my backup singers and I really need them to be Cuban. And I've just kind of lost, you know, kind of. I yeah, I huh? We did a show with you and I think it was 2017 or 18, a solo show at Bread and Salt. And I think at the time we were like, oh, and you, you know, we were toying around idea of you doing one of these performances yeah but you were saying how it had to be this really lively atmosphere and you know it yeah there's like I'm kind of picky of like where I do it how I do it who I do it with and something about it might be kind of funny though too if it was like a you know really silent quiet art crowd that is just like kind of <laughs> well yeah that I mean that could be really funny but it's not good for the performance because I I really need to work off the the energy of the audience so it, it so if the audience is it actually happened one time I did a performance and like people were just like looking at me except for three people that I knew that were like ah, yelling and it just yeah it didn't didn't work out so well um going backwards so do you remember any any first shows or solo shows that were you know um important or um, when I started painting, you mean? Yeah, well, yeah, doing art. I mean, I don't know. I remember my early days, like just obsessing over going to my favorite coffee shop and bugging them about hanging some drawings I did or whatever and uh -huh. getting to. <laughs> I mean, like I remember being, I remember, I think, I don't know, I don't remember if I was, I think I was in Italy and um, somebody invited me to the, to the San Diego Art Walk. Mm -hmm. So I think. Okay. I might have been in the San Diego art walk at a certain moment, like, I don't know, when I was like 20 or something. That's funny. I didn't see that on your CV. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I didn't put it on there. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually remember like my first major thing was um, the Museum of Contemporary Art came to my studio in Tijuana to cool. see my work. And I had the paintings of the housekeepers rolled up in a corner. And I actually... I actually didn't want to show those to them, to the curator. 
I don't know why I, I thought they were I don't know I was kind of embarrassed I was like oh no like for some reason I didn't want them to see them and then the curator sort of went into the room where those paintings were hidden and she saw it and she kind of opened it up because it was rolled up and and she she was like oh wow I like this and, and I was like you do and, she, and I was like oh well I have more and they ended up buying them wow. and then they showed them so that was the first time that that I guess something like more major. So you went from the um, art, Little Italy Art Walk to the Contemporary Museum. Yes, because in that time, um, in that time, Tijuana was getting a lot of interest. You know, Tijuana gets into fashion and then it goes out of fashion and then suddenly and it, it comes gosh. to fashion again. And at that point, Insight too. I mean, Insight was probably around that time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the curators from the Museum of Contemporary Art decided to go to Tijuana to visit artist studios. And uh, I mean, I don't even remember the connection that I had or mm -hmm. why they came to my studio, but, but yeah, it was a good thing. And then they had that show, Strange New World, some yeah. years later. And yeah, and I got to, I'm, yeah, I installed that show and did did stuff like that working there. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I want to say that's when I saw Hugo's work and uh, a lot of other people. Um, uh, going, you know, I guess kind of getting us more up to date. I remember the first time going to your studio in Tijuana and you had, I don't, you're still there, I guess, this incredible um, old building, this walk-up style studio. Okay. I don't know what it's like multiple floors up it reminds me of like a new york apartment stairwell uh -huh. yeah and uh, then you open the doors and it's this whole you know it's like an old ballroom right it's an old like an old dance room yeah <laughs> yeah such a building such a cool space yeah it used to be a a dance floor for our parties and then they turned it into a karaoke club and and yeah now it's my studio uh, yeah, even just everything about the space too. There's even some like crown molding and stuff in the ceiling. I'm just remembering the space. Oh part. yeah, there's little angels. Yeah. The, the, it definitely, you know, knowing your work, it feels like you must have like, when you saw that space, you're probably just, this is the place, huh? Yeah, I thought about it right away. Um, when I actually went in, the, 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 all the walls were orange. So I had to do a redecorating. And Jaime Ruizotti's... Um, the artist who's a friend of mine was in the second floor so okay. he had actually told me to come check the space out so it worked out really well i've been there for like six or seven years now and i wow. i love it yeah and it's like just the the studio itself is so incredible you know you have this high vantage point of the city and also all the bustling excitement downstairs you have like a flower shop down there and there's restaurant supply places and taxis and it's like a real city atmosphere down there yeah it's really interesting because before i had that studio i had a studio here in san diego near my house because i live in san diego and it was a it was a two-car garage Okay. And uh, it was very, very quiet. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to the studio in Tijuana, I remember at the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this is so noisy. I can't mm -hmm. deal with this. You know, the cars, the people yelling, da, da, da. But now, now I like it. You know, now it like really, it kind of gives me energy to work. All well, that noise. Totally informing your, your work that you're doing right now, the stuff that I've seen you do in talked with you down there you finding pieces of wood with graffiti or um being inspired by um metal and things like that in construction sites yeah yeah it's if you were just living in la jolla and you know being inspired by your daily walks you might be painting something <laughs> uh-huh maybe i'd be painting landscapes of the ocean or something i don't know it's really good though i keep thinking i'll just go and be like a plein air painter somewhere like <laughs> further away I already live kind of rural but I keep thinking I want to do you that. know what I had a I had a phase where I was a, a plenar painter I would go to the I would actually like just go to a random place in Tijuana um neighborhood and just park my 
my easel on the sidewalk and just paint something. And I, w- I would also go on the road to Tecate mm-hmm. and yep. just park somewhere and just paint. I did that for a long time, actually. I still like painting, though, too. Obviously, you're still painting is still valid. It's such a funny thing. How old is painting and mark making and, you know, this kind of urge to just make a mark or draw or whatever? It's it's like the earliest human function to leave your mark or to just use a canvas or something. Yeah, um, I think you're we- still inspired by Painting. I am. I'm. I am. I mean, I'm very driven by it. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm. I've always been very driven to paint, and mm-hmm. you know, I could be having a bad time or going through something, and as soon as I walk into my studio and I like smell it, it's like it's like a drug to me. I mean, and you know, it doesn't get. It doesn't go away. It just it like the intensity of love, my drive to do it. It just doesn't go away. I, I don't know what it is. Do you feel that way when you see art or other people's art? Are you excited by it, or are you just kind of um, always excited by your own work? Because I mean, it is a weird thing. Like I don't always look at a ton of stuff anymore. I mean, I definitely have my favorite artists, but um, yeah. definitely get caught up in what I do, and I just you know I get excited about what I do, but. I mean, I, I, um, you know, living here where I do, <clears throat> I don't visit a lot. And, and also, I mean, two things, there's not a lot of museums here or things to look at, number one. And number two, uh, I mean, I like figurative painting, mm-hmm. that many figurative paintings to look at here. I've, I have gone to LA a couple of times. And, you know, the other place I see stuff is, you know, on Instagram, you know, a total weird thing to do. Sometimes I'm excited by other people's work. Um, Usually it's figurative painting that excites me. Um, It's really interesting that you still say that because I look at what you're doing now and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier I mentioned earlier you have to know the rules to break them uh-huh. you know you're obviously trained and you're well versed and uh and the figure and portraiture and all that yeah it, like looking at looking at the work that you're doing now it's 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 not abstract it's just so much paint in on some pieces and it's so much layering and uh colors it's almost mark making or you, you recognize the language, but I guess as an outside observer looking at your stuff, there's so much layering of figures. If it's like a, you know, some of them, I, there, there are multiple bodies layered on top of each other and clothing, things yeah. like that. So my style has changed a lot throughout the time. And I think that the reason it, it changes is because um, I'm trying to find a way to paint. Oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to say this. Where I can find a balance between my source, my my reference, and uh-huh. my impulse. And mm-hmm. it's for me, it's 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 it hasn't been easy to do that <laughs> to find a way to do it. And in that like search of trying to do that. I've made a lot of work, but in my mind, it's always like, no, I still haven't done it. I still haven't done it. I like, like, I I feel like most of my pieces are failures of this thing, of this idea that I think I'm trying to do, you know? So that's like, I'm in the Mm -hmm. pursuit of this balance of the reference that I'm painting and my impulse of how to paint it. When you say your source or your reference, are you, are you reading up on things like colonization or decolonization and sexuality? Are you, are you just going off of what's in your head for references? Oh, I used to read a lot about, uh, you know, colonization and marriage and, co- and during the colonization, da 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 sexuality. To be honest, I don't read anymore. I don't read at all anymore. I've become very illiterate now, or I don't know how you say it. But when I say my reference, what I mean is 
when I'm making a painting, I have an idea. Okay, how do I say? When I'm making a painting, I need to be looking at something, whether it's a photograph or a drawing or whether it's five photographs or whether it's a little sketch that I did with painting, I need to be looking at something that's gonna, that's the reference for the painting. And at the time of translating that reference into the painting, there's a process that happens. And there's a million ways that that process can produce a painting, you know? And I think that, for example, when I did the housekeeper series, I had photographs of the housekeepers and the process was, I'm just going to copy this basically to use a very like simple word. I'm just gonna copy this. Right. I'm not gonna have any impulse or any pleasure out of this. I'm just gonna reproduce it. And so the paintings that I'm doing now it, it incorporate a lot more sort of impulse or pleasure or spontaneity. And that's the, like the balance that I'm trying to find between looking at something, a photograph or a drawing that I did and how to translate it into a painting. Right, using, yeah, using yourself as a filter, looking at an image and uh -huh. transferring it. Yeah, I mean, every, so many, everybody uses references, whether they um, refer to them directly or not. When you look for source material, is it clothing and, uh, or is it things in the news or um, how well, do you find your source remember material? I was saying that I don't like use technology a lot, but I do use it for my source material. Like my phone, my photos app is just yeah. full of photographs of just anything. I'll see, I'll, I don't know, I'll see a picture of a sculpture, um, a Roman sculpture that I like. So, uh, you know, I'll save it to my phone or I see a picture of a, a couch a baroque couch that I like a lot or I'll see a picture of a colonial painting from Mexico so I just capture a bunch of constantly constantly capturing uh, images of just anything that draws my attention and so in my phone I organize them I organize them into uh, you know furniture a uh, casta paintings or sculptures or this or that and then when I when I'm going to make a, a drawing, usually I make a drawing to prepare for a painting. I'm looking at all uh, uh, um, a combination of these pictures that I've collected. And then, so maybe I'll be looking at a picture of a sculpture and a picture of a couch and a picture of a plant and a picture of a bird. And then I put this all together into a drawing. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I love, I mean, as much as I hate technology, I am I use my phone for the same thing. I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, why do I have a picture of a, a rock that I found on the uh -huh. ground <laughs> or uh -huh. sticker? It's cool to have uh, access to a camera and then be able to look at the picture you took just minutes before. Um, and I, I don't know when you started uh, painting on reclaimed materials, but uh, I love that idea too, and just bringing bringing the outside in, especially in a context kind of I don't know. People are so used to in the tradition of painting to have these beautifully stretched canvases, and so many artists really embrace that. You know, linen aluminum stretchers that are you know made by some professional uh -huh. canvas maker. But you know, the show that we did with you, you were using aluminum sheeting or pieces of found wood with spray paint on them. And you yourself were also using spray paint and you did um, some spray paint on the gallery walls near the ceiling, things like that. Yeah, you know what, I mean, for me, um, um, painting on a very, very precious material kind of makes me more, uh, when you, when I paint, I have to avoid feeling any sort of worry or fear and painting on canvas. It's, it's so, if you, if you, like, if you, if you make a painting on a canvas and you don't like it, it's very hard to paint over it. If you, if I make a painting mm -hmm. on aluminum and I don't like it, I could just sand it or use the other side right. or whatever, you know, if I make a painting on 
wood that I found and I don't like it. Well, I don't care because it didn't cost me anything, you know, and I can also sand it down or whatever. So the preciousness of the materials that I paint on sometimes uh, can affect, you know, the how loose you are or how yeah, I was wondering too, studying in Florence or in Italy, did you, uh, did they teach you how to stretch canvases like in a traditional <clears throat> oh, way? Did absolutely. they have you do rabbit glue? And yeah, absolutely. And they, they taught us all of that stuff. Rabbit skin glue, the traditional gesso, all of that. Yeah, I was always really bad at it though. Like I would try to make, I would try to follow the rules and then my gesso would always crack. And this, yeah, I was just bad mm. at it. Yeah, it's such a good thing for artists to have that reference, so to know that they don't like it or they're not good at it, or it's good that you yeah. know you learn that kind of stuff. I, I always feel like artists should know, um, at least know the history or how. Yeah, to, that, and then I realized I rabbit know. skin glue also actually came from rabbit skin, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not right. using that. Are you vegetarian? I'm a pescatarian. Or? I would like to be vegetarian, but. I'm not there yet. I was vegetarian for several years, but then I started eating fish. But I tried to avoid using animal products. Yeah, there's so many other options right now. You don't have to go back and just use something traditionally just yeah. because it's traditional. Uh, what are you working on right now? What is going on? Have you found ways to show your work through the pandemic or um, I don't know? Yeah, I'm working on, I mean, I'm, I'm always working. I, I, I rarely like stop painting. <clears throat> and what, I'll, what I will say is that I'm trying to do a, a series right now. I haven't done like a, a large scale series of paintings in a while. Cause I've been kind of doing, I'll do a piece on aluminum and then I'll do a piece on wood and then I'll do a piece on cardboard and then I'll do a little one and then I'll do a medium one. So right now I'm trying to produce a sort of, um, a series of work that looks like it goes together but at the same time it's really hard for me to just stick to one thing so I'm also working on some really large-scale drawings and it's been hard I mean in the pandemic it definitely has been hard but I have had a couple of things happen so I've been able to you know maintain myself and for me what was it when the border shut down, were you going to the studio still? Yeah, um, I haven't stopped going to my studio. Um, when the when the pandemic started, I actually moved to TJ and I was staying with my parents. And then later on, I mean, I'm an American citizen and I'm going to Tijuana to work. So, you know, they 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 have never bothered me at the border. Ever. I mean, I cross every single day. They just say, where are you going? And I, on my way back and I say, well, I'm going home. Well, and sometimes if they ask me, well, what were you doing in Tijuana? I was working and that's it. No, they never bother me. I'm remembering uh, when we did your show here at Bread and Salt, we had a Jim's, Jim's regular full-size truck and we stacked all your paintings in the back of the truck, just stacked all these giant paintings on metal. And we went through the border crossing and they kind of like looked perplexed. Uh -huh. <laughs> you tell them that it's art and these border agents are just like, the hell is yeah. this? Yeah, and that's happened to me a couple of times when I'm crossing my work. Um, now I'm realizing they might've recognized your work and just been like, oh, that's elitist. <laughs> Maybe, oh, it's that artist again. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, so it's great to hear that you still manage to work throughout this whole thing. I know a lot of people kind of hit um, this roadblock in their mind, having trouble making work. I know I did. I kind of haven't been making a lot of uh -huh. stuff, but. No, I think that if I stop going to my studio, I'll go nuts. I mean, literally. Right. So I just have to go to my studio, just show up at least, you know. Yeah, do you treat it like that? Do you just show up and hang out? I know you have dogs too. You have these incredible, I mean, I've met one of your dogs, Juvia, yeah. right? Is Juvia and Blanca, yes. And that's the yeah, new that's one? Yeah, that's the new one. <laughs> well, these are dogs you found on the street. Yeah, I found both of them like right around the corner from my studio in TJ. And so I have two street dogs. 
But um, I mean, I, I just show up. I show I mean, I have a routine. You know, I get up, I have breakfast and I just drive to my studio. Um, and I always I always think of something to do. I never really just sit there not knowing what to do. For some reason, I always mm -hmm. I can always come up. I think my problem is, you know, some artists have this idea of not having enough ideas. My problem is I have I have too many ideas, too many ideas. And sometimes I, I go from one to another and it's hard to like discipline myself and be like, no, just do this, which is one of the reasons I'm trying to do a series right now of consistent like work that kind of goes together because it's it's hard for me to organize sometimes and just like do this. I'll be doing one thing and I'm already thinking of the next thing I want to do and oh, I can go next. Having a studio that's set up and it's just there for when you feel like grabbing a brush. I've seen your studio. You have a really great rolling flat table. It's huge. Uh -huh. And you all of your paint and mediums and brushes and everything there and you have panels everywhere and paper and all that stuff yeah. uh, and it goes back to just thinking about what you said as a student having to break down your your setup every single time you were in the class yeah. having a studio is so essential for artists and an affordable studio too no absolutely um, absolutely because whenever you feel something happens say that again it, just that moment of being prepared for when inspiration strikes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, for me, somebody was asking me, I think my dentist was asking me like, oh, well, you know, how are you inspired? And I said, well, I never really wait to be inspired. Usually my inspiration comes because I'm, because I show up or because I just start doing something. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm lucky that way. I'm, I'm always inspired to do something that's, um, but I think that for creativity to flow, there needs to be like a continuity and not like an interruption and not having a space, you know, a consistent space to make work. It, it, it can be uh, an obstacle for to create something, you know? Yeah, and one of the reasons I really like talking about this kind of thing and uh, talking with artists that are professionals and have studios, I really, and knowing what it's like to live as an artist in San Diego, the spaces that I've rented were just, you know, sky high rent for a little cubicle that you couldn't use solvents in or spray cans in or, you know, mediums and things like that because people would complain. Or on the other end of the spectrum, having a studio that was just falling down, you know, it was cheap, but the walls were falling down, the roof was caving yeah. in. Uh, you know, it's so important for us in a vibrant art community to have affordable art spaces. I just think about so many people in, in San Diego and uh, that could really use affordable spaces. And I hope people that have the means are listening to this. No, absolutely. Podcast. I mean, when I had my studio here in San Diego, I was paying $700 for a right. two car garage. Oh, no, it was a, actually it was a four car garage. But it was very small. And I got a space in Tijuana that's, you know, five times bigger and cheaper than $700. So, I mean, They're crossing the border every day. It's like, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I think that artists in San Diego should really consider, you know, getting this entry and driving to Tijuana to a studio, you know, we, for yeah. some reason, people in Tijuana find it very easy to commute, but people in San Diego commuting to Tijuana, there's like, I don't know, it's like, it's it's not, I don't know. Right. We talk to people constantly where they're like, is it safe to go down there? You know, pre-COVID, we would go down and visit artists all the time or, you know, see shows or I've, I've participated in quite a few shows and every everything but it's it's always funny hearing from people that live in San Diego and downtown in the downtown region 25 miles away 15 miles away from the border and they've never crossed or they don't have a passport or they're they're afraid yeah, yeah. is there anything you want to publicize your website or Instagram or um any, any no well my Instagram is Alida uh, what do you call the little little line the under underlining 
underscore yeah, Cervantes. Alida underscore Cervantes. And uh, I have a website, alidacervantes.com. And um, yeah, I don't know what else I can add. We'll be, you'll be talking to Griselda Rosas in Spanish. We're hoping that the Spanish speaking podcast will keep the communication in uh, TJ and, and everywhere just going and also being able to being able to share with the Spanish speaking arts community what what's happening if people can't cross just being able to share what's going mm -hmm. on. I mean, I do want to say, I guess, um, you know, that we just make a reference to what we just said about people being afraid to cross the border. Um, there's no reason to be afraid to cross the border. I mean, my, my neighbor in Tijuana right now, he's, he's American. I see uh, Americans that live around my studio because I see them all the time and they're fine. You know, the, um, you're not gonna get shot. You're not gonna get, I mean, you have to be careful, obviously, just in general, I have to be careful. But um, I think that if people were less afraid of Tijuana, it would enrich the, the border region's cultural. Uh, yeah, and I think about it all the time. Uh, the, the region, San Diego and TJ, has this amazing arts community. It's unlike anything. LA will never have exactly. it. San Francisco. Yeah. Anyone in the U.S. will never have this, uh, you know, you, you don't think about the arts connection between Canada and, you know, the United States. Yeah. There's amazing connection that we have in Southern, beautiful, sunny Southern California, Baja region. What more could you ask for? You could be in downtown San Diego and travel 15 minutes and go see a show and have a five-star dining meal in, in Tijuana and come back and be home by yeah, exactly. And I mean, LA, LA is never going to have that. And San no. Diego does have that. So if San Diego can, like, get the, the fear out of the way, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, people drive, people commute to go to work for 40 minutes, 50 minutes, you know, every day. And the commute to Tijuana is not that much. It's, it's very simple. You just get a century pass and then you just go there. And so um, I think that that's a way that San Diego's art world could be very enriched because there's not a lot of other options, you know? Um, no, I, I don't know. I think just like talking to you or Hugo Crosswaite or Irma Sophia Porter or any of these people that we will continue to talk to. You're just one of many of the artists that live in the border border region that we're going to be talking to and just sharing, you know, there's so many, so many artists and new art spaces in, in, you know, Irma Sophia Porter was just talking about a gallery that she is working with in Takati that she's curating. And uh -huh. it's so bright. So cool. Um, well, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for for hanging out and talking. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it.